The core four came alive in a win over Dallas. Did their performance save the coach's job? We'll discuss that possibility and break down the win. And Dave, the trade wins are blowing. We'll update you guys on the latest reports that we're hearing when it comes to the Leafs trade front. All that more coming up on today's edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast. Part of Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host, Dave Morissuti. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Dave, what a roller coaster that game was. It really, really was. You know, the Leafs, after the first period, I think every single Leafs fan on Twitter was ready to fire the coach. Then all of a sudden, things kind of changed. They went on a great penalty kill, a power kill, some may call it, and it really changed the game. And uh, they end up holding on to beat the Stars. The core four came alive. You got goals from all four members. Marner, Nylander with a pair. Matthew scored. Tavares with another one. That's three straight games for him now with a goal. Uh, the core four got it done. Special teams played a big factor. And Ilya Samsonov was good enough. And uh, I'm guessing Sheldon Keefe's job is safe for uh, at least another game here. Yeah, I was also thinking that I might have given the the, the the kiss of death to the Benoit-McCabe pairing after that first period. They didn't look great, especially McCabe getting danced by Dadunov on that yeah. one goal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that first period was just god-awful. I was just like, that was just such a stinker. And it, it kind of goes through the theme of this team. The way this team wins games, their top, core four has to, has to be the energy. They got to be the ones to get it done, and they were like that's what you're. That's what's kind of expected of this team, and uh, a lot of the things we talked about as the three keys of the game kind of did live up to it in this game. Well, everything except for the depth scoring. We did say they need yeah. to get some depth scoring, which apparently they didn't because the the core four had five goals in them tonight, which was just enough to uh, to squeak out the win, five four being the final. But, um, yeah, you know, like, I, I legitimately do believe this. Like, this is a take that I I feel strongly about. That penalty kill in that second period saved Keith's job because it turned the game around and they gained momentum off of it. And it was a completely different game after that. But prior to that happening, I, there were a lot of nervous fans. Like, I don't know what your text chains were like after the first period, but I was having multiple conversations with a lot of different Leaf fans out there. And I saw it all on Twitter that Sheldon Keefe, it, it, it may have been, um, you know, like he was as, as hot as the seat had ever been after the first 20 minutes of that game. And then it all kind of changed with that strong penalty kill. Uh, they had two grade a chances to score on that pel- three. Really? I guess if you include Nylander where he just kind of fanned on the shot. So a few really good chances, it almost was mm-hmm. as if they were on the power play uh, instead of killing one off. 
Um, and they just were able to build off of that momentum. And then in the third period, you know, they allowed that goal on the, uh, well, they, I guess, took a, a, a not a penalty, but a penalty shot. They yeah. gave up a penalty shot and gave up the goal, you know, nice little goal by Dadnoff. All right, cool, whatever. Not too long after they responded and they, they took the lead back. And then what happened? They actually got themselves an insurance marker, which, you know, at times this season has been kind of tough for Toronto to get that insurance marker to give them, you know, that, that extra cushion and they needed it because they gave up a goal in the final two <laughs> minutes. So they kind of needed that insurance marker from Willie 20 seconds later. Uh, but all in all, um, if you kind of, don't think about that first 20 minutes. That was a pretty good win by the Leafs tonight against a really, yeah. really quality team. That's it, right? They beat, a, like, if you're looking for the Leafs to absolutely dummy the Dallas Stars, it's really hard and really tough to do. They're a really good team. The only thing that maybe you could have saved the one against the Stars tonight is that it was Jake Ottinger on the bench and not on, not in, in net. You know, Wedgwood made some good saves. He made some, you know, it, it wasn't like he played terribly. He had some bad luck that went his way. But yeah, like that's that's a good team. You can see why that's a, a top team in the Central Division. Like that Central Division, that top three of Winnipeg, Colorado, and Dallas. Yeah, you guys can enjoy that over there because <laughs> like like that's just that, that's just such a tough uh, top three to go through. I, I mean, it it does it doesn't get that much easier on the other side either when you've got Edmonton, yeah. Vegas, and Vancouver. So the West, just in general. <laughs> Uh, they got some juggernauts out there, man. There are some juggernauts out in the West, um, which which almost like when you think about Toronto in the East, that almost makes things a little bit more frustrating that this team does play so inconsistent because mm-hmm. it's kind of wide open. Like there's not really one team that you sit there and you think, wow, the the the, the least, you know, if they're playing at their even if they play at their best, they have no chance in hell at beating that team. I think if they play at their best, they could beat Boston. I don't think Boston, Absolutely. they play well, but like the roster itself on paper, there are holes there. You know, Florida, we've seen holes in Florida's game. They play really hard, obviously, but is Reinhardt going to shoot 27% the rest of the season? Is Kachuk going to be on a 27 point through 14 game stretch, basically two points per game stretch like he's been on over the last 15 games? Probably not. So, you know, like that's a team too that could slow down at some point. Toronto's just got to play to that potential. And again, just like Sheldon Keefe said, only about 50% of the time have they played up to their potential. I would say they didn't do that in the first period tonight, but they certainly did in the second and the third. And look what happened. They won the hockey game against a really good team and proved, hey, this this can be a good team. When guys like Tavares, guys like Nylander, Marner, Matthews, they're big boys. The guys who are supposed to lead this team you know, play a high level of hockey, and that's what you saw tonight. The core four put the team on their back, carried them, got all five goals that they needed and ultimately was able to secure two points in the bag. Yeah, that's, that's essentially, you know, after what happened against the Islanders where they couldn't get the job done after they, you know, tie the game and they let that late one, they let, they, they realized they couldn't let the get the foot off the gas, right? The top players could not coast for that rest of the game. And so, yeah, it's, I remember people, I mean, look at a lot of my buddies are saying the only players that really were looking like they were doing anything in that first period was like Nylander and Samsonov. Yeah. And they need, but I, I think, I'm sure Sheldon Keefe must have said something in that intermission because, yeah, that was a totally different team out of the break there. 
it was and and you know does that prove that you know Keith can still get a message across like if the team wakes up mid game is that because Keith is getting a message across like is it does that say anything to you like cuz we we've been talking about that for the last little bit has he lost the room will this team respond in this game against Dallas at the first 20 minutes you thought uh-oh they haven't responded maybe he has lost the room and then you know they put on the performance it did in the second and third period and you felt really good about it no, exactly, right? And so that that you're never always going to have your best start. I get that. It's how you respond to those moments where you're not at your best. Like that the late goal, the goal to go into intermission down 2-1. It, it just felt like the leaf were light leaves were lifeless, but what I liked is and look, people can 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 uh hate that they didn't have their best effort right off the gate. But you have to commend them for realizing it wasn't good enough, and they needed some, they needed more. They needed to do more, especially after some rough stuff that I did not really care for on one Jake McCabe. Yeah, that was uh, that was a brutal hit. Obviously, I mean, you see the the blood gushing down his face. I mean, it wasn't a high stick or anything. It was obviously just a, a big impact hit. Visor comes down, cuts him on the beak, and he's just gushing blood down his face um looked like the guy was in a ufc fight for pete's sake but mm. that for sure like how that wasn't a penalty is absurd absolutely absurd like a it was late very very late you could mm -hmm. see that that puck was gone and also that was a check to the head like that was a check to the head and that's exactly why he ended up having the visor cut him on the nose and how that didn't end up you know, becoming a power play for the Maple Leafs is absolutely beyond me, man. Two things. One, they were cut, calling such ticky-tack penalties throughout this game that that's the one that doesn't get called. I don't yeah. know what's going on. Can you not review that? I thought I thought checks to the well, head were reviewable. Yeah, I guess they have I, to call. I guess they have to call it in order for it even be reviewable. Like, yeah, I, I think it's reviewable if it's like a match penalty. I don't oh. think it's reviewable for a minor. So they would have had to call it a match penalty. Yeah, so the refs would have had to do it. their jobs first to even make that a possibility. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And uh, sometimes they don't want to do that. Sometimes they turn a blind eye and that's seemingly what happened on that play. I don't know, but uh, you know, luckily it didn't, uh, didn't matter. They got the two points anyways, but yeah, Jake McKay was big mad. Like that, that was Mason Marchman who, who laid that hit on McCabe and McCabe tried to challenge him to a fight the next period. Marchman did not oblige, but McCabe did make sure that he got a nice lick open ice hit on Marchman. And uh, he did definitely take a little bit of a chunk out of him. Benoit took a little bit of that, uh, the ricochet on that, unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, either way, Jake McCabe, probably not the quite the revenge he wanted to get on Mason Marchman, but Got a little bit, a little bit of him for sure. All right, let's take a break. Let's come back, continue to talk about the game. We'll get to the three stars of the night. And uh, Elliot Friedman was thinking about the Maple Leafs and their trade deadline. 32 thoughts is out, the latest version. And uh, there's a thought about the Maple Leafs and what they might be thinking ahead of the NHL trade deadline. We will relay that information to you also a little bit later on in the show. But we are going to take a break and come back and get to our three stars from tonight's victory over the Dallas Stars. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. You're listening to the Locked On Lease Podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualification preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So, only, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And we've got a new sponsor for the show, Dave, and it's our good friends over at Robinhood. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on that 3% match, Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some quick legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Limit uh, Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of your first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S customers in good standing robin hood financial llc member is a registered broker dealer welcome back into the locked on leaves podcast it's mike DeStefano with dave morissuti we are hosts here at the locked on leaves pod we're a daily maple leaf centric podcast you can find us wherever you get your podcast from whichever provider you get them from audio wise and also we are free and available on youtube as well, just search up Lockdown Leafs, hit subscribe, hit the notification bell as well, so you know exactly when the new episodes drop each and every morning. Once again, new episodes of the podcast coming out daily, weekly, uh, or each weekday, I should say, Monday through Friday. And uh, on today's Thursday episode, we're recapping last night's victory over the Dallas Stars, Dave, and uh, impressive victory. And as we do after each and every win, we go through our three stars of the game. Why don't you kick things off with your third star, my friend? I'll have to go with the guy who has goals in his last three games, and that's one John Tavares. Pow, 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 pow. Yeah, the I mean, all on the power play, but still goals. <laughs> Look, when you go, what, 9, 10 straight without any goals, you'll take them where you get them. You know, I still think he needs to really get going at 5-on-5, five five, obviously. He's gone, uh, what, like, I think he's won 5-on-5 five five goals in Sweden. Not mm -hmm. good enough, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, but, it, it, look, beggars can't be choosers. Goals are goals. They don't ask how. They just ask how many. And he got enough for the Leafs to win tonight. 
his one goal may have been the difference. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's kind of what you need from your top guys. They'd be the difference makers when it matters. So he was that, but I do agree. Yeah, you'd like to see him to try to get things going on 5-on-5. I think he's been playing better at 5-on-5 in terms of generating chances, especially his own chances. Just got to start going in. Like that team, that that line has been snake-bitten. Actually, yeah, somebody said they're not snake-bitten. There's like an anaconda vice around like Tyler Bertuzzi. He can never score. No, Again. like that guy is never going to score another goal for the rest of his Leaf tenure, guaranteed. Maybe. I did also see another tweet. Someone said that they're convinced he's just saving all his goals for the playoffs. Hopefully that is the case because it's kind of similar to last year, though. Like, he didn't actually score a lot last season. Like, he only yeah. had like eight goals last year split between Boston and, and Detroit. But then he went and had like seven goals in in uh, in the playoffs for the Bruins in the seven game series against the uh, the the Florida Panthers. So maybe he's doing the same thing. He's just waiting, waiting. And he's just waiting, and then he's gonna cash in all those goals come playoff time. We can we can only hope, Dave. Um, my third star. Get ready for this. Sit down if you guys are not currently sitting down, Dave. I see you are, but anyone else, if you're standing up, you might want to sit down. My third star, the fourth line. I got to give some love to the fourth line tonight, Dave. Pontus Holmberg, Bobby McMahon, and Ryan Reeves. Dave, I didn't love the turnover on the Dadanov goal. Uh, I'll say that, obviously. That's the, the blemish that they had tonight. But that was the only shot on goal that that trio allowed tonight against the Dallas Stars, which is a very good team. As a quality team, they got quality depth. We talked about how lines one through four, they've got quality. So whoever they were going to be lined up against, they're going to have to play and defend, you know, a, a solid trio. And they did their job tonight. Um, you know, they spent a good amount of time in the offensive zone. You look at the, um, you know, uh, at the end of the game, you look at the advanced analytics. They led all Leafs lines. And expected goals at five on five. They won 75% of their minutes. They outshot their opponents four to one while they were on the ice. Uh, and you look at Pontus Holmberg, a big reason for it. We talked about this all the time. A big reason why David Camp is having a down year is because he's not winning the faceoffs he had been winning previously, and they're not gaining possession. Pontus Holmberg, six for nine in the faceoff dot tonight. So overall, I really, really liked what I saw of that fourth line. Uh, hopefully they can continue to uh you know, just not be a nuisance and spend some time, grind away a fourth, uh, a fourth line offensive zone shift or two, and then they can come out with you know second, first line wave after that, and uh, that's how you generate pressure waves of pressure uh, if you can get that random good fourth line shift. And I thought they did that on multiple occasions tonight. So gotta give love where it's due, man. Gotta give credit where it's due. That the fourth line, even Ryan Reeves, uh, looked looked pretty good tonight. Didn't look overwhelmed at all. Am I am I being punked? I'm just like looking or the camera. Am I being punked right now? You're actually giving a line with Ryan Reeves credit. I, I like that is some serious growth on your on your part. I'm very proud of you. Listen, Dave. If, if there's anything that I do like to take, I, I'm a professional broadcaster. I like to think of myself as a professional journalist. We went to journalism school. Okay, you could you you could be tough on people, but you got to be fair on people. Yeah. I feel like I'm tough but fair. I'm tough when they're not playing well, but when they do, you do have to give them that credit as well. And tonight, the fourth line deserve credit for the way that they played. Again, let's set aside that first period and and the 
giveaway on the Dadnov goal. But outside of that, they're pretty solid uh, throughout the rest of the night. They were pretty solid. I thought, uh, yeah, I, I was concerned as soon as the Dadnov goal came, it was like, oh, they're not really going to be able to, like, this fourth line is not really going to be able to handle the Stars. And they proved, they just like a lot of the Leafs in the first period, they proved us wrong. They did have a big turn. Like, you saw that one move Pontus Olmberg made where it was like a power move. Drove in, drove in on net. What did he do? He got a penalty called, drawn. After yeah. he got a pretty, I it was a penalty, chintzy. but it was a chintzy. chintzy one. It was a chintzy one, right? We see guys do that on the Leafs all the time, and they don't get called for it. It's okay. It's okay, because the penalty kill was up to was right up for the challenge. And that's actually my second star, was the penalty kill. Nice. Because without that penalty kill, I don't know. Like, they, they were... Turn the game around, man. It did. I, I I was concerned they were taking penalties at tough times, and Dallas is the team that they got they got guys that can score. This isn't the Islanders. This isn't the Jets where the power their power plays aren't as good. Dallas has got some guys that can score, and so I, I I've liked what I've seen from the penalty kill lately. They got off to a bad start. I think they're really getting better. I'm still, obviously, yes, they did allow a goal. I will give them that. TJ Brody probably could have played that a little better. Yeah. Um, but I think they're they're not as bad as they were to start the year because that penalty, penalty kill to start year was atrocious. Yeah, oh, yeah, it, was, it wasn't very good. Um, but hey, you know, new new you got new players, right? Like a lot of the guys who were on the penalty kill last year left. So, you know, they had to kind of rejig things and put guys in different roles. You look at William Nylander tonight. Uh, you look at his what he did on the penalty kill. He was, he was pretty solid. He actually he won 50% of the draws when he was out there for the penalty kill, um, which is something that you, you want to see out of William Nylander. And we talked about, you know, that one specific penalty kill in the second period that kind of was the, the turning point in the game. They ended up with three scoring chances off of that and that really gave them momentum and it got the building into it yes they got the go leafs go chance going afterwards um they they deserved it with that type of effort that they mm. put up and you know i i agree with you man the, the pk was a massive massive part of uh of of the the win tonight which is i mean that was my first star to be honest was was the special teams i just combined special teams oh. Three power play goals. You, wow, cheating! I, mean, yeah. I had power play as my number one. Actually, so technically, I went one and two. I kind of got. I, I I spread the love out a little bit. See, I I couldn't pick specific players, so I just you know the, the special teams. You get three power play goals, and then you get a big penalty kill that changes the course of the game. That's good. That's those are the stars. Though that's that's what really was the difference tonight was the Maple Leafs on the special teams, both sides as the PK and on uh, when they were on the power play themselves. So that's, that's why they were my number one, my number two star. Uh, I, I gave to again, cheating, gave to the core four. I, I couldn't pick which, which <laughs> I wanted to give it to. Cause they were all good tonight, right? They were all real solid. I mean, Nylander, I thought was, you know, great early on. Um, they combined for nine points, got all five goals, 14 shots combined between the four of them as well. Uh, when, when those guys are clicking and firing on all cylinders, this is a tough team to beat. We know that to be the case, but I still do need to see some secondary scoring at some point. Like you just, you saw what happens when a couple of those guys go dry. 
Tavares and Nylander, they were dry the last couple of weeks, and they suffered. They weren't able to, to score a whole lot. And finally, they come alive, and all of a sudden, the Leafs get five goals from them. But again, eventually, Marner's going to go on a spill. I mean, who knows? Matthews probably won't. That guy seems to be pretty good for a goal at least every other night. But Tavares is going to go quiet again. Nylander's probably going to go four or five games of the goal at some point, and you're still going to need to get that secondary scoring. So if there is the one, you know, negative that you could poke about this game, it, it's it's the first period you didn't like a whole lot, and then obviously you still had to rely on the core four and the big boys to provide all of the offense. At some point, they're going to need a goal from someone else, mm-hmm. not named Marner. Matthews, Nylander, or Tavares. They're just going to need it. And and the sooner it comes, the better for Toronto. But tonight, I guess the core four were able to put on their back and get it done themselves. Exactly. There is going to come a time where teams are going to really pinch down and find a way to defend the core four. And you got to find other guys to step up and do it. Can Nick Robertson do it? There were spurts where it looked like he could, but he's sort of been a little quiet lately. Max Domi. Yeah. He's struggling to do it. They, they're they going to have to really figure out, again, ways that they can really augment and improve their depth because, yeah, it's there's always going to be that lingering concern. Um, so those are our three stars. We both gave love to the special teams units and the core four, and I even gave love to the fourth line. Yeah, who to who to thunk it? Who to thunk it? But credit – Got to give credit where credit is due, and uh, I thought that the fourth line did their job tonight. All right, let's take a quick break. Let's come back, and uh, Elliot Friedman in 32 Thoughts giving a little bit of a tidbit on what the Leafs might be looking to do come the NHL trade deadline. So we'll get to that. And kind of a bizarre story that uh, was developing between John Tavares and uh, the, the, the CRA. We'll get to that also on the other side. You're listening to the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from receipt, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork uh, uh, out of buying Tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money. Game Time has deals on tickets right up until the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it's the best place to find those last minute seats. And with the Game Time guarantee, it means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Trends apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code locked on for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back into the Locked On at Least podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morasuti. We are hosts here at the Locked On Leafs 
podcast. If you are uh, an everydayer who listens to the show, we do thank you very, very much. It's much appreciated, and we love that we get such a, a big support. You know, we see the comments uh, and we see the numbers that continue to grow. So much appreciated to the everydayers out there. You know exactly who you are who follow along and listen to each of our shows. Uh, to the new people st- stumbling along the podcast, uh, thank you so much for giving us a shot. If you've made it this far, that's 30 minutes into a podcast. You must you know, must be somewhat intrigued by what we have to say. And if that's the case and you like what we're doing here, we do have new episodes that come out each and every weekday. We'd really love it if you became part of the Locked On family and uh, subscribe to the podcast and join our Discord too. We haven't brought up the Discord in a while, but that thing was popping off tonight. People were pretty excited and talking about what was happening in the game. Uh, again, that was one of the, the conversations we were talking about how Sheldon Keefe was fired 20 minutes into the hockey game, and then by the end of it, it's almost as if uh, they're ready to give him a, an eight-year extension. <laughs> um, so pop into the Discord, guys. We'll put it in the show link uh, in the comments below and you know come join uh, the, the locked on leafs family we uh, we have a good time in there we have some good conversations all right dave uh, the trade deadline is fast approaching we are literally one month away march 8th is the nhl trade deadline it is currently february 8th so we've got one month until the trade deadline and uh you know, we'll have tons of time to speculate on who the Leafs should get, what they, you know, who should they target, what are the needs and all of that. But, you know, sometimes we should also just let the professionals uh, do some of the job for us. And Elliot Friedman is one of those guys. He's the one who is very plugged in. Uh, he's very knowledgeable, knows what's going on because, well, he's in communication with all the general managers around the league who, uh, you know, are in charge of making all of these decisions. And Elliot Friedman uh, in the latest 32 thoughts, which is posted on sportsnet.ca had a little nugget about what the Leafs might be looking to do come trade deadline. What was it, Dave? Well, yeah. So initially he was talking about how teams are not as married to their first round picks. This draft, it seems like there's a little bit of a drop off later in the first round. And so teams are more willing to maybe trade. But Toronto, um, if they trade their first-round pick this year, as Ali Freeman puts out, points out, then they won't have a first-round until 2026. And they prefer to not move uh, their prospects. And when you're looking at who they could look at and getting, Chris Tanev remains the guy that Freeman's always bringing up. And in, the, in 32 Thoughts, he brings up Chris Tanev again. And what he says is, if Toronto really want to do Chris Tanner for a first round pick, because he says a first rounder would have to be in play, it would be done already. So Elliot Freeman's kind of insinuating that if Toronto really wants to pay that first round pick for Chris Tanner, they would have done it already. He brings up Noah Hannafin. He says maybe Toronto solves this by trying to trade for both Tanner and Noah Hannafin. So include that first round pick, get a little bit more. But as Friedman also mentions, they are looking for another center as well. And as we just noted with the trades that happened le- recently with Lindholm and Monaghan, it's not you're not getting a, th- a third line center for pennies on the dollar. Teams are now see that centers are valuable, even third line centers, and they can get a first round pick for it because Winnipeg has paid a first round pick for essentially a third line center. Yeah, I mean they're they're a little bit better than what I would just you know 
quantifies a third line center, but um, like I, I don't think a third round pick for a third line center is necessarily what you'll get. But no. I mean, technically, Ryan O'Reilly was a third line center for them last year, right? And that mm-hmm. did cost them a first round pick. So in in that regard, yes, I guess so. But you're also going to be getting a good player if that's the case. Um, I mean, that'd be interesting if if they do somehow work out a deal with Calgary to bring in not just Tanev but also um Noah Hannafin as well that really does bolster this blue line and put that blue line into a completely different stratosphere because now you look and that's a top four of Morgan Riley Lindholm Tan- Lindholm <laughs> Hannafin uh Tanev and then take your pick I guess uh, Jake McCabe and maybe that moves TJ Brody down to the third pair which I mean, TJ Brody has kind of been a declining guy mm-hmm. in the lineup who's been playing a bit too much, making a little, you know, too many errors. Maybe the third, if he, if they can go and get two guys that could potentially slot into their top four and move, you know, Brody into a third pair role. Now you're really talking depth. Like now yeah. you're talking depth. And that's really, when you look at what Stanley cup champions typically have, it's, it's it's depth on the blue line and three solid pairs, four solid lines, and that's what they would be able to get if they could add uh, a Hannafin and a Tanev. And then you mentioned, uh, interestingly, that they are also looking for a center. I, I've always thought that, you know, a third-line center is it should be a big need for them. Like, ultimately, if you're going into the playoffs, like, Max Domi's not a traditional third-line center. Like, no. he's just not. Um, and I do believe they should probably get an upgrade on that. They should want to get someone who's reliable defensively so that they don't always have to have Matthews and Tavares start in the D zone. Like, let's get them some ozone starts, get them in you know favorable spots so they can do their thing. And the way that you can do that is to have a third and fourth line that you don't have to protect all the time, that you feel you can throw out there and they can get the job done that you trust. Right now, you you don't have trust when it's, you know, Max Domi as your third line center or David Camp as your third line center. So I do think that that is a place that uh, sneakily they, they should upgrade. I don't necessarily think there's anyone in Calgary. I was taking a look at the roster. I mean, they're not going to trade Sharon Govich. Kadri, although I think he would be a perfect player to bring in to Toronto, he's got a you know, like four or five years left on that contract, that's 7 million bucks. And I'm not sure that's what Toronto needs to be bringing in at this point. Um, And I don't know if they'd be interested in moving on from him. And then Backland, I guess, is the other center that, you know, could be an option, but that's their captain. I don't think they're moving on from him either. So if they're going to get a centerman, Dave, I'm guessing it's going to be elsewhere. So they'll kind of focus on Calgary to get those blue liners and then maybe try and focus elsewhere to get that third line center. Scott Lawton is a name that has been coming up recently uh, out in Philly. That would be a nice third line center addition for the Maple Leafs, wouldn't it? Imagine if that's the type of trade deadline we see. I doubt it. If they're not willing to move all of these young pieces, uh, there's you know a, a slim chance they end up landing all of these. Because look, you got to give something to get something ultimately. But if you can land a Tanev and a Hannafin and a Scott Lawton, this team looks a hell of a lot different, doesn't it? Yeah, and Freeman does bring up Scott Lawton. At some point, 32 thoughts, but he kind of lumped it in as, you know, 
teams are now seeing what third line centers are going for and our like GMs are grinning at the fact that they could get quite a bit for for like a Scott Law out of Philly, right? Reminds me of like 2011. Remember back in 2011 when like draft picks meant nothing to teams yeah. before they realized how badly you really had to draft and develop to create like these 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 long standing teams. Like I remember back, I remember this vividly because I remember I used to cut school and in, in high school and watch the trade deadline every day. I remember the one year I think it was 2012 or 2011. Like Paul Gostad was going for a first round pick from Buffalo to Nashville. It was just absurd. Absolutely absurd. Yeah. The prices people were paying. Um uh, no, who was the wasn't there the Martin Erath for Philip Forsberg? Well, that's that was different. That that was something else. But yeah, I mean that, that was a, that wasn't a trade for first round pick, but we've seen some really stupid trades that trade. What was the one that uh was a Colorado where who was the was it Mueller? Mueller they traded or Bodker Michael Bodker they traded from Arizona and they gave up like a stupid amount to get him maybe it was even Minnesota I remember just thinking it was like a first a second or a third or something like that and I'm like what the hell are they thinking given this Thomas Tatar remember what Tatar got for Detroit when Vegas traded for him uh that wasn't even that long ago actually it was their inaugural season so 2017 they trade mm-hmm. for him and then they ended up healthy scratching him throughout the playoffs give a first second and third round pick for the guy um it's weird man see it seems like gms and and, and the value of draft picks kind of ebbs and flows i suppose and uh i don't know perhaps it, it has to do with the draft year i haven't taken a deep deep dive into how uh how good the draft is this year but i i did have somebody tell me that the back half of the first round isn't necessarily that strong there's not much of a difference from you know a back half of the first round like a pick in the 20s and then like a a mid second or a late second round pick so at least don't have a second rounder so no but again they they do got a first rounder which apparently is very similar to a mid second in terms of the type of value uh, that you could get or the type of player that you could draft. But then again, you know, we've seen the Leafs draft players, you know, in the second round and they've turned out to be great. I.E. We, you know, uh, Matthew Nice, Fraser Minton, Easton mm-hmm. Callum was supposed to be a late second round pick. Heck, people are saying he should have been a third round pick. And he's on what? A, a billion 19 game, 19 game point streak right yeah, now. 19 billion game point streak. Like <laughs> you never know the draft. It is a crapshoot at the end of the it day. Is. Um, you are throwing a lot of a lot of darts out there and just kind of seeing if something could stick. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out at the trade deadline this year, and and you know how are teams going to value draft picks and and not pay up those prices to go out and acquire these uh, these these players, or are we going to see what Winnipeg did and maybe pay up a little bit because you know they think they got a shot and, and oh, teams just want to have an opportunity and if that's the price to pay to get that guy in your lineup ultimately that's the price you got to pay you got to give to get it's what it's all about yeah. is tree living willing to do that i don't know well uh we'll, we'll have to see and find out if he's willing to to really really go all in and push some chips in to make some big time additions and deals mm-hmm. such as the one that uh, elliot friedman seems to be suggesting could be in the cards uh or at least they're 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 entertaining these players uh, we'll see. I did also see our boy Nick Alberga 
did say that uh, the Flames and Leafs apparently are in talks uh, targeting a defenseman and a forward from them. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, the forward part I'm a little iffy on. I don't know if there's like it ha- like unless there's a player on Calgary that it that could play center. I I don't know. There's not really a a forward that makes a lot of sense for me from Calgary. I mean, the 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 only guy who might make a little bit of sense if they're looking to get some uh, some sort of secondary scoring, like could a Mangiapane be Ooh, be a guy? What I would and do to get Andrew Mangiapane on the Leafs, he's always Mangiapane. But I know it's not because he's Italian. I actually like the way the guy plays hockey. Let's just get that out of player. the way. Nah, he is a really good player, Blake yeah. Coleman. You know, former winner, right? Cup champion, Blake Coleman, perhaps. Yeah. Although at 32 years old, he's got three more years at 4.9 after this. I don't know if I love bringing that into the fold, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what uh, Brad True Living and, and company end up doing. Like I said, we got a month until the trade deadline, a month today. Uh, we'll have plenty of time to speculate and uh, do do our own uh, you know, mock trades between now and the March 8th deadline. So uh, we'll put a pin in the conversation now and pick it up again at a later date. Uh, good show today. It was a lot of fun, Dave. Uh, that'll oh, do it for us. Oh, wait. we got to get to the John Tavares news because I had to read a bunch of tax stuff today. Uh, do, do you want to maybe talk about it tomorrow? Sure. We'll yeah. do it tomorrow. Let's it's not going. Let, let's just say this John Tavares news with the CRA. It's going to take a long time to get fixed. If you know the CRA. Yeah, like this. We'll this is a, <laughs> We'll probably three years from now. We we will still be okay. talking about it. Probably. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, this we'll happened back in 2018, and we're talking about it in 2024. So <laughs> I'm sure this thing will be a, a long drawn out process. Uh, really quick, Cole's notes. I suppose John Tavares is suing the CRA because uh, I guess they they he's feel appealing he, a CRA. Right, not suing. He's appealing. CRA feels that he uh, should be taxed X amount for a signing bonus he got when he first signed with Toronto. And Tavares says, no, according to this, it should only be this amount. So they're going to uh, fight it out in court, apparently. But we will talk more in depth about it because there is a little bit more to the story uh, on yeah, tomorrow. Show. Big implications. Well, I don't know. Potential implications going uh, forward. I don't know. I think we'll talk about it tomorrow. We'll talk about it tomorrow. But that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. Thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on X at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. And follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you enjoyed today's video, we'd ask that you please uh, smash that like button, as they say on YouTube. Leave a comment down below as well. Let us know what you thought about tonight's game against the Dallas Stars. And, hey, should the Leafs be in the market for a centerman? Should they go all in and bring in multiple pieces? Let us know your thoughts down below. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.